No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live elsewhere on the internet, good evening to you and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. I am tonight's host, Dave Manouk. I'm joined by my main man, Ezzy Ginsberg. Good evening. We've given Drew Mandel the night off. And maybe it was a good night for Drew to take off because, uh, you know, as that leaves a little more chatting time for us and he doesn't have to discuss the powerless power play, which is going to be a focal point of tonight's game as the Jets went up against those juggernaut Columbus Blue Jackets. Let me just check NHL.com standings to see where Columbus is because, you know, the Jets who were vying for first place in the Central they must have been going up against an equally talented juggernaut that held them to no wait. Hold on. I'm scrolling down, scrolling down. Keep going. I'm, I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling. 31st overall. They were 32nd coming into the game, but because they beat the Jets, they leapfrog Chicago, the 31st team in the NHL, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who coming into tonight's action has had a minus 70 goal differential. Minus 70. Jets, I think, were plus 22. But the, but the Blue Jackets coming into this game were minus 70. A few respectable. Well, now they're a respectable minus 68, Ezzy. So the fact is the Jets started off in a disappointment with a little bit of disappointment, especially given how they started that game as. And it looked like it was going to be uh, a gangbusters night for the Winnipeg Jets in Columbus to start this road, this four-game road trip out east. Has, was going to be, and instead... It ended up turning around for Columbus. Mostly we'll give credit to where it's due to Jonas Corpusalo, who was excellent throughout the course of this game. And uh, the Jets were unable to solve him more than once. And as a result, they leave Columbus with a loss and start off the road trip with a little bit of a, you know, wet fart smell, uh, uh, noise, as he. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was a lot of uh, talk earlier today. Rick Bonus was asked about the power play. And, you know, he said it was too predictable. You know, they're not moving the puck quick enough. And, you know, what happens? They go, well, I forget if it was one for seven or we're one for eight. But regardless, it wasn't good. One for seven. Right. So they should have scored a couple more power play goals. And you're watching that game. And, you know, I don't necessarily know that it was predictable or slow. Like, Yunus Corpusalo was clearly <laughs> the difference in this game. Like, yeah. he was making saves right, right up until the end, right? So... I don't, I don't know if, like, the Jets could have easily scored another couple power play goals, I guess, Dave, is what I'm saying here. So, yeah, the first period was largely controlled by the Jets. I mean, the Blue Jackets didn't have a lot going on. They had a lot of trouble with the Jet speed, similar yeah. to what we saw last game against the Kraken. So you're watching that, that, that first period, and, you know, it looked like it was going to be scoreless, but obviously Kyle Connor scores with, uh, what was it, 1.6, 1.8 seconds left, right? So you're no, thinking, yeah, okay, yeah. the second period, it's going to open up here. And, you know, the opposite happened, right? Like it, the Blue Jackets clearly had their best period and, you know, the game was tied going into the third period. And, you know, again, it was more Jets in the third period. So it's one of those games where, you know, there's a lot of power plays and, you know, that was the difference. And, you know, they're going to say all the right things and they're going to say that, you know, they're going to work on it, but you're not going to have a lot of time to work on it, first of all, because you got the Devils coming up on Sunday, right? But yeah, the power play was, you know, you just need to bury the bury more goals there. So, you know, it, it's a disappointing loss. And, you know, 
you mentioned Columbus is now 31st uh, leapfrogging Chicago. It's like one of those things where the Blue Jackets fans were happy to get a, a win. They haven't got a lot of wins at home yeah. this year, right? But you're also kind of not happy. Not that you're, you know, the, the Blue Jackets are just coming off of a win over the Leafs, right? Like, so they can win hockey games. It's a bad yeah. game, but I mean, it's almost exactly like Rick Bonus said, right? Like these teams that are bottom five teams, they're unpredictable, right? As opposed to the power play, I guess, which has been predictable according to Bonus, right? So, I mean, look, give them a lot of credit. You know, Patrick Lyonet was a little bit more fired up. I don't think a lot of people had, you know, the Blue Jackets sweeping the the Jets in the season series, Dave, but yeah, they're a pesky team, right? But yeah, the, the big difference tonight was clearly Corpus Allo. Yeah, and, and if you want to look, take it to the Jets, I mean, to me, the key, especially as we're we'll be talking about the power play throughout the course of the game recap, but the, the two things stood out to me. And I think number one was the Jets' commitment to overpassing. I don't know what is going on given the abilities of guys like Ehlers and Connor and Dubois and Shifley to score, but it was like a hot potato out there. It was like overpass, overpass, overpass. It's one thing if you have a 3-1 lead and you're just trying to, you know, set guys up, but when you're just trying to get something greasy, you know, when you when you can see that you can't be Corpus Allo, uh, that's a problem, right? Like to just overpass the way they did, it was just, it was embarrassing. And, you know, to me, I don't know. I, I if I'm Rick Bonus, I would have flipped around the the power play units because they, sure they had good looks, but they weren't converting. And and the biggest problem, you know, and, and Kevin Sawyer said something like, I don't remember exactly what he said on the broadcast. And I just the only issue I took with it was the biggest thing that the Jets weren't doing. Did you see anybody in front of the net? Like what is going on? Like I like last I we talk, how many times do we talk about this? You get goals by screening the goaltender. Don't, don't get me wrong. Patrick Laine's shot is phenomenal. Kyle Connor's shot is phenomenal. We saw those on the power play, and they resulted in goals. But the fact is that you can get dirty rebounds with guys in front, You know, using those big bodies in front to create, A, take away Corpus Allo's eyes, B, to kind of create that secondary rebound. We didn't see that tonight. At least I didn't. I, I kept watching for it, and the shots were in like into his stomach from 10, 15, 20 feet away, and generally he was stopping those. And if you look, I mean, the high danger chances, I think in the second period were like nine to two, nine to one or something like that in favor of Columbus. So it, it's one of those situations for me, for the Jets that they, they got two. like, I think someone said it in the chat. It was one of those, you try too hard in the, you tried, you, you ran the game in the first period. You know, you only got the one goal, but then sure enough, you're sitting there and you go, well, wait a second, maybe this is coming too easy. And sure enough, they didn't really have it in the second or in the third. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely an element of that, Dave. There's an element of you know looking for the 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 pretty pass as opposed to yeah. you know trying to score a, an ugly goal. I mean, Kyle Connor obviously had eight shots on net, so he he wasn't uh, you know listening to the necessarily the the critics, but uh, there was a lot of chances. Like I, I don't I don't necessarily know if it's just that because. Yeah, I mean, look, it, Shifley hits the post. Like it was a one 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 mm -hmm. game for the majority of the game, right? Yeah. Um. But I mean, there's there's no way that you can sugarcoat it. I mean, you didn't score on six of your power play opportunities. You had three five on threes, and granted, the five on three in the third period, Kyle Connor took the penalty, and it was a very brief five on three. But you still had three five on threes. But it was That's really cool. more like two point two five five on threes, <laughs> right? But the the fact is that the Blue Jackets were on their heels, and they had to take a lot of penalties to compensate for the fact that they were playing the majority of this game in their own zone, right? So, uh, I, you know, it, it's a it's a disappointing game, 
but sometimes you have to just shake your head and you say, you know, the Jets were by far the best team when it comes to possession. Like you said, high danger scoring chances, like the Blue Jackets give them credit. Like, you know, they haven't had Jacob Voracek. They haven't had Zach Wierenski the whole year, but you've still got Johnny Gaudreau and you've still got Patty Lyonet and, you know, Boone Jenner is a player that I know that we've liked for a really long time, the captain, right? So they've still got some good players, Kent Johnson. I mean, it's a fluky game-winning goal. I'm sorry, right? Like the power play had come to an end and that's a uh, that's a puck that David Riddick has got to stop, right? Dave, you could say that we'll get into it in the Betway game recap, but it's a it's a a goal that you could say that okay, he's turning around so it's a little bit more difficult for David Riddick to predict where it's going to go, but it's a soft goal, right? I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. So, very disappointing loss. Uh, you know, you're coming into this game with all sorts of confidence having won 3 games in a row, but Again, you know, Eunice Corpusala was the number one star in this game, and he frustrated the Jets all night long. And, you know, they have a couple losses against the Blue Jackets. The good news is they're still only a couple points behind Dallas. Uh, same games played. And, you know, you have to regroup and get ready for the Devils on Sunday. Yeah, and, and you know, as the one of the things, you know, that's that's worth noting is uh, the Jets really could have left it all out there, right? I mean, you, ha- you don't have a practice tomorrow. They're off tomorrow, and then they're back in action for the doubleheader or not doubleheader, but back-to-back on uh, Sunday, Monday against the Devils and the Rangers. And it's only going to get harder, right? Like we were talking about this before the show began, but it's it's not as if it's going to get easier for the Jets. It's going to get a lot more difficult in the Timo Meyer sweepstakes game on Sunday. And then the Andrew Kopp, oh wait, that doesn't work. The Andrew Kopp revenge game, uh, maybe the, well, who would, who, who can we, well, the Jacob Truba, I guess, uh, contest, although it's not really a revenge game anymore with Jacob Truba. But it's it's look you're playing you're playing two big boy teams, you know out east and and two teams that are that are, are firing. So you you're not going to be able to have look at the end of the day you have to give Corpus Allo credit. The Jets possessed the puck. They had a lot of shots. There were things that they should have done that they didn't do. Get you know create screens in front. I mean, I and I I, I, put, I highlighted the chat earlier and I'm not going to lament the penalties because the truth was the penalties went both ways. But I didn't like a lot of the penalties that were called. I actually didn't like the penalties that were called both ways. I thought they interrupted. The officials the- were really calling everything tonight. That's yeah, but of- it was ticky tack, right? Like yeah. to me, it interrupted the flow of the game, and it right. created a ne- like a negative drag in Tonight's my mind. game was almost just like one long power play. Well, I mean, like you know what, the one on Pierre Luc Dubois that led to the Patrick Line goal. I mean, what is that? There's literally two guys who have their arms. You know, basically, they're doing like ring around the rosy together. It wasn't as if it was like clear cut as to which one I guess Pierre Lugbois was slightly over top but and again I'm not arguing because I think the Jets got the benefit of penalties that weren't penalties I just think like it killed the flow of the game a little bit especially because of course it didn't really happen until the end of that first right so um again something we will talk about in the Betway game recap so let's let's start Ezzy let's get going the Betway game recap is brought to you by not surprisingly Betway one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is a sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront. With a large selection of betting options in sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds, what are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Okay, as you remember, you always got to play responsibly. That is the key to pretty much all things in life, including hosting something called the Illegal Curve postgame show. As I look for the, uh, the the score recap, as as I look for the score recap to to, to make this to get let's to get do a shot the, recap. 
Well, we let's, <laughs> let's recap every single shot that the Jets had. <laughs> well, they had a lot. I mean, they had a lot to start the game. I think they had out out. I think they had shot, shots at the net, directed at the net. I think it was like nine to two. Shots were like five nothing to start the first period. So the Jets can't complain, or their Rick Bonus won't be upset with how they started this game because they did come out flying, and and they did come out, you know. Playing, I would say, the right way. And you're really not going to point at much in that first period and complain about it because the Jets did everything they needed to do, right? They controlled it from a possession standpoint. They controlled it from a shots standpoint. And they controlled it from a score standpoint. So, you know, when you look back at that first period, as he like, is there anything jump out at you specifically? Or was it just kind of the overall performance from a Jets team that wanted to get off to the right start uh, to start off a four-game road trip? No, I mean, it was anybody who watched that game could see that I mean, it was a, a very skilled team playing a bad team, right? Like we mm-hmm. talked about it. You take out Johnny Gaudreau and you take out Patrick Lyonne and Jack Roslovic. We should mention Roslovic. It's nice to see yeah. him doing well, right? They've got a few good players and, you know, Kent Johnson's a good player, you know, high draft pick, uh, Cole Sillinger. Like, but I mean, you compare these guys to Wheeler and Shifley and Dubois and Ehlers, like it just, they, they don't have the same forward depth. They don't have the defensive depth. Like Eric Goodbranson was having the game of his life, right? And he signed, <laughs> a, he signed a four-year yeah, contract. He, 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 he didn't have a shorthanded breakaway chance. Well, he uh, <laughs> maybe it wasn't shorthanded, but it was the end of the uh, it was the end of the power play. I'll be honest, I might have missed it. You know, the the early starts, like I'm giving the kids baths and you know putting yeah, Pinocchio yeah, on for he likes to watch Pinocchio on my phone. Uh, so I, I might I might not have missed it. Hopefully, my nose doesn't grow here, Dave. But I, you know me, I'm an honest guy. <laughs> you but, are. Uh, yeah, like the first period was what you what you expected, right? Like you expected the Jets to dominate the Blue Jackets, and they just didn't get a goal until late from Kyle Connor, right? And you know, so the first period would was like a nine out of ten, I would say, from a Jets perspective. Right. Uh, the only thing that you know was preventing it from being perfect was a couple more goals. So Corpusala was really solid, but obviously, you know. Perfetti, it just fits better with Shifley and Wheeler. I don't see that being broken up anytime soon. We knew that he was going to be back in the top six. Like, Perfetti's not a, a bottom six guy on this team. He's just way too talented. Um, but, you know, they it, it just wasn't going in for them until Connor scored. So, yeah, I mean, first period was great. And the beginning part of the second period, the first five or six minutes, as we talked about, the Jets were all over them. And then, you know, a power play goal really kind of changed the momentum didn't kind mm-hmm. of, it did change the momentum for the Blue Jackets. All of a sudden, you haven't been playing that well and the game's tied one all, right? And you're at mm-hmm. home and you're feeling well and Lion A was feeling it, even though, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into his goal first, Dave, but, you know, that whiff that led to the Pierre-Luc Dubois, like, that was one of the worst whiffs I've ever seen. I think it was Johnny Gaudreau, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, and the, the Blue Jackets were on the power play. Uh, Dubois got a shot off. He, it was a partial breakaway. It wasn't a full yeah. breakaway, but uh, just thought that was kind of funny. That was like a, something I would do in rec hockey, that type of whiff on a, on a one-timer <laughs> attempt. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to – you're not going to get too worked up, I don't think. And I hope Jets fans aren't going to get too worked up about tonight's game because you played really well, and just that's the way the breaks go sometimes. Well, Ezzy, when we go into this thing called the Betway Game Recap, we have to go through the goals, and it's going to take us a long time in that first period to get to that first goal. 19 minutes and 58 seconds, and probably a little less than that. It was actually about 1.6, I think, on the clock, but NHL.com doesn't go to that degree. So it was 1958 when Kyle Connor scored his 25th goal of the season, and uh, that's six straight years now with Kyle Connor scoring at least 25 goals in a season. I mean, he is just 
Mr. Automatic. We call him Mr. Even Steven because he's got now 203 goals and 203 assists in his career. Um, but the steal of the 2015 draft, as I like to call him, you know, mostly from the Boston Bruins who had those three picks in a row as, but Kyle Connor gets his 25th nice pass by Blake Wheeler. And originally it looked like Josh Morrissey was going to get that assist, which would of course set the uh, record for most assist, most points, sorry, by a Jets 2.0 defenseman uh, beating Dustin Bufflin, who had 30, uh, who had 56 points. And Josh Morrissey would have had 57, 57, by the way, in 55 games. Fairly impressive. Although as you and I discussed. Heinz 57, right? Heinz 57, Ezzy. But as you and I discussed, uh, was it the last game? Maybe it was the Seattle game, after the Seattle game. Nobody's coming close to that Phil Housley one back uh, back in the day with the Timu days. And when he had, I think, was it 79 points or something like that? Although Josh Morrissey looked for a while. 79 he, assists, right? 79 assists. Yeah, 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 79 assists. Yeah. So I, I think he's going to come close. Yeah, he's going to come close. He, 60, he said, 65. Yeah, we, we think he'll be in the 60, 65 range for sure. So, you know, we thought it was going to be Josh Morris. He turned out it was Pierre-Luc Dubois who got the secondary assist. And the Jets had a one nothing lead heading into that second intermission on the, I guess it was a five on four because he had just, the Blue Jacket uh, defensive yeah. player just stepped out of the penalty box. Yeah, it was, it was a five on, it was, it was, as you said, it, it was, uh, officially documented as a five on four goal, but it was really a five on three goal right. after Eric Branson took the, the hooking penalty on Shifley. So yeah, I mean, look, they were moving the puck really well. Um, you know, they were looking, they were clearly, I thought looking for Connor more tonight. And Rick bonus talked about that. If you listen to the, the audio, which we had on illegalcurve.com, he was talking about, they wanted to get Connor open more. And I, by the way, I like that. The days, Dave, of the power play, all, trying to set one guy up. I mean, yes, if you've got Novechkin, a Stamkos, a Lion, a you know one of the better shooters in the league, su- such as Kyle Connor, you're going to do that. But the Jets have so many other weapons. I think they've gone away from that a little bit. So they were they were going to to Connor, and as you talked about, you know they're moving the puck. There's tons of room. Uh, what a quick release! Like we've said this so many times over the last you know six or seven years since Kyle Connor entered the league. But, uh, you know, it was just a really quick release. And the fact that, you know, it was with less than two seconds left uh, was really incredible. So, you know, they were finally rewarded after, you know, Corpusella made, you know, 10 or 11 saves prior to that. But uh, the power play looked good to me, you know, in the second and third periods. They just weren't getting the the results, right? Like Morrissey was fantastic tonight. And he has been all year long. Um, I thought Shifley and, and Wheeler were both good on the power play. But on this particular goal, it's all about the release from Connor. No, absolutely. As he's sorry, I'm trying to do so many different things at once. Tweet, put I comments, do this. As he, you now know what it's like to try and host after your hosting experience on Saturday. Absolutely. Yeah. We got a lot going on. We the thing is, you know, we're talking, we're having a nice chat, Dave, but yes, it's the it's the icy chat. We have to make sure that we're including them. We have to make sure that you know Fort Gary Q's getting a shout out. We got JB Brown, I can see. Shout JB's out mad Dom, at me, but shout I don't out even to Dom Zappia, Rob Mahoney, all the boys are in town tonight. But JB's mad getting mad at me about Neil Pionk. I haven't even said anything about Neil Pionk yet. So I mean, guys, you gotta wait for the show to, to go through before you start getting aggressive with our takes. I haven't said anything. If I said, if I said, if I, let's put it this way. If I said, I thought Neil Pionk was good tonight, then I can understand you guys ripping on me, but I haven't said that, nor will I say that. And I'll say probably the opposite based on some of the situations that transpired in the third period, which led to uh, power play opportunities for the Blue Jackets. But we're not there yet. We follow a, a linear order here. We just finished the set first period. We're into the second period. So let's, let us get through the, se- the second period. Maybe we'll talk about Neil Pionk. Maybe we'll talk about him in the third period. Lots to discuss, folks. 
Lots to discuss. Let's not jump ahead. Let's not jump to conclusions here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. I am your host, Dave Manuk. He is my main man, Ezzy Ginsberg, also known as our number one analyst, even when both Drew and I are here. So let's uh, let's get going into that second period, Ezzy. And like I said, in that second period, you're expecting the Jets to continue what they did in the first, quite frankly. I mean, that's what I was expecting. I don't know about you, but that's not what happened. The, the Blue Jackets, you know, had the oppor- had a number of opportunities. And they eventually obviously took care of business with a little guy named Patrick Lining. But, you know, and one of the things I'm seeing in the comments when I was tweeting about the show, I saw Mike McIntyre, a friend from the Winnipeg Free Press, saying that Rick Bonus wasn't happy with the discipline of his team. And again, we'll talk about that. But Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, at the five-minute mark takes a penalty, the hooking penalty. Then at the nine-minute mark, takes it was, mar- it was marginal. There's, no, there's no espe- doubt about it. especially the second one, especially the one against Ken Johnson. That was marginal at best. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah, no, I know. I know. And, and that's the one I would say. And that's the one that, of course, led to the Patrick Line goal because uh, with, with Pierre-Luc Dubois in the box. But I mean, look, like I said, I, I thought the Jets got marginal calls, too. So we're not going to sit here and say the difference in the game. When you when you go one for seven on your power play, you can't cry that you didn't get enough opportunities no. or and, the other team got a, an unfair advantage. Well, you know? and, so. and, you know, I, I might be wrong here, but, you know, just watching this game and the amount of penalties that were called for both teams, it right. was just one of those games, right? Like those penalties that are the quote unquote gray area. I hate to say that because we always use the gray area, you know, words when we're talking about goalie interference, but really they were, they were calling it both ways. They really were. And I'll admit, I wasn't watching the the full game in, in real time. I had to PVR the couple periods, as you know, I have to do with these early starts, Dave. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, like, to me, I didn't think the officiating was too bad. Um, and like you said, you got seven power plays. Anytime, any team in the NHL or, or the AHL or any league, when you get seven power plays, you think you're going to convert on at least a couple, if not three or four, right? So... You know they don't have anybody to blame but themselves for not burying them, and and I do, I really do think that the way the power play was moving, the way they were moving the puck, like we talked about Morrissey, we talked about Connor. You know he had eight shots on net tonight. Like it really just wasn't that. Corpus Allo was really good, and you know that. But they've got to figure this out because the power play has been something that's been up and down all year. The penalty kill has been top five in the league for the majority of the season, if not the whole season, right? So the power mm-hmm. play, they got they have to find ways. And usually it's getting the greasy goals where, you know, a guy like Morrissey or a guy like Pionk is shooting the puck and you're tipping the puck through, you know, layers as Kevin Sawyer likes to say, right? So yeah, they're going to, they're going to have to, you know, find ways and just get it done because you're facing a good devil's team. And we talked about the, you got the Rangers and the Islanders, like they're going to have to play better than they played tonight to beat those teams. Well, and, and again, it comes down to opportunities, right? And, and Columbus was taking advantage of those opportunities. And first of all, let's, uh, Welcome everybody to the Legal Curve post game show, you know, brought to you by our friends at Betway. And make sure you smash that like button. You might be mad at the Jets, you might be disappointed at the Jets, but Ezzy and I are spending our evening with you, so don't be disappointed with Ezzy and I. And you should be smashing that like button. You can be disappointed in Drew, who's not choosing to spend his evening with you, but don't be disappointed in I. So in in us. So please smash that like button. We have to do give Drew Drew credit though. He is at least at one of our sponsors. He's at Rumors tonight. That is true. He's 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 telling some jokes. He's actually he's he's performing actually at sponsors at sponsors at rumors. He's having he's having. He's, if you're going to rumors it. tonight, make sure you bring some eggs and egg. Yeah, I was gonna say entry. Bring, bring some eggs, some apples, whatever you got, bananas, ripe ripe fruit, you know, tomatoes, 
throw it right at Mendel, but he doesn't even have to be telling jokes. Like just when you see him like walking through yeah. the crowd, just start throwing yeah. it at him. Or just wherever you see Drew. He doesn't even have to be at rumors. He could be at oh, the yeah. grocery no, store. No, no. Just see him throw, anywhere throw you see stuff him. at him. See him when he's walking around in his fancy tuxedo, you know, with his t- fancy, fancy tuxedo airs, you know, his millions of dollars. Just start throwing things at him. You know, eat the rich, folks. Eat the rich. For the and record, Drew. Drew does not live in tuxedo, but he grew up in tuxedo. Yeah. So he, he has to, he has to, you know, deal with all those jokes that we throw his way. Once you have the stink of tuxedo. You grow up on the mean streets of River Heights like us, Dave. Well, I didn't grow up. Even though you grew up north. I was in the North Ender, please. Don't, don't, don't give me the stink of the South End. Anyways, we're digressing. Let's, we, it's a little early for, in the show, Ezzy, for us to already be digressing. So with Pierre-Luc Dubois in the penalty box, what ends up happening? Well, a little guy named Patrick Laine, who, uh, you know, can score a goal if he's given a chance. And it looked like the Jets were going to get this puck out of the zone, but they, of course, don't clear. And as a result, he gets that puck back. He gets some time and space. And it looked like, you know, I mean, how many times have we seen Pierre-Luc, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Patrick Laine score that goal, Ezzy? I mean, I, I, you know, 20, 30, 40 times at least. So Patrick Laine, when he has that kind of time and space, he makes you look silly, and uh, that's what he did, and he scored the goal to tie the game on the power play. The thing to me that was so fascinating, first off, Line A's shot looks as good as ever, right? Yeah. And he's missed some games tonight. He's, uh, pardon me, this season. I think he's missed something like 12 games, 15 games, something like that, right? But yep. what was fascinating to me on this goal is before he scored the goal to tie the game, he had a, a nice one-timer slapper that Riddick yeah. stopped. Right. And so what he does is he fakes that he's going to one-time the slapper. He stops it, and then it's more of a, I don't know if you would call it a snapshot, Dave. I would call it a snapshot. Yeah, snapshot or a wrist shot. It wasn't a slap shot, yeah. right? And he, he he puts a top corner. So it was interesting to me that that kind of, to me, threw Riddick off a little bit, just yeah. the timing and everything, Yeah. Um, because he missed previously on the one-timer. But, you know, it's just great to watch him in that world-class shot. Like, he still has the ability, and he's not having a bad year. Like, people kind of look at you know, are, are looking at Columbus way down the standings. He's got 33 points in 39 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's not having a bad year. Like his goal scoring is maybe a little bit off the pace that you would expect. Right. But what was that? His 13th goal of the year? 15th goal, right? So he's easily yeah. going to score 20 as long as he remains healthy. He might even get close to 25. So for most guys, that's a really good season. But for Patrick Laine, you're always expecting like minimum 35 to 40, right? So just wanted to throw that in there that, uh, you know, he had a one-timer and then we talked about it on the next power play that Columbus had, he whiffed and that led to a partial PLD breakaway, right? Right. So, I mean, Liney's back in the lineup now. He's been in, in and out of the lineup a couple times, but, you know, nice to see him doing well on a, on a, a team that's obviously, you know, got, not going to the playoffs this year. But uh, yeah, there was a little internal competition there, right? Between, I guess it's not internal, but in the game, I meant, between Liney and Dubois, right? And, and Roslovic, I think is always the forgotten guy in that trade, right? Like, yeah. Roslovic has played the best hockey of his career. And, you know, it's probably no coincidence that you've got Pat, Pascal Vincent there behind the bench, uh, who obviously coached him with the moose, right? So I thought Roslovic was good in this game uh, as well. And just good to see those guys, you know, getting the the top six minutes for the Blue Jackets. Well, and and just, you know, uh, MBHA ball hockey said something about winning the trade, but I promised in the pregame that I would not to the folks who were there said, please don't get involved in a win the trade sort of thing. And the truth is there's a couple of reasons why nobody can even get close to talking about that yet. Number one, because it Danny's takes years Jilkin. for this. Well, <laughs> Danny, I, well, it's funny as I tweeted that I said, first of all, you have to talk about Danny Jilkin because the 2022 third rounder, you don't know what he's going to turn into. 
And so, first of all, he looks like he's right now he's doing well in the OHL. He's a good player. Yeah. And so you've got a, a player like him who's, who's, you know, you have to watch it, how he develops. And then you also have to see what happens with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Does he sign long-term with the Jets? Do they turn him into something else? So, I mean, there's a lot of factors. There's no winner right in. now. There's no yeah, winner. There's you, no winner. You, can't both- just, you can't just, you can't add up the points. I mean, first off, this is fun water cooler discussion. Right. Right. Or photocopier discussion, whatever you call, call it. But you can't just add up the points or say that the team that has the best player won the trade. Because if you do that, talking... then technically Columbus wins because they've got, I think it's about 230 to about 150. But well, anyways. exactly. But you're talking about two players versus one, right? Yeah, but if you're yeah, talking about the best player, Pierre-Luc Dubois is the best player. The, I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody says. The best overall player right yeah, now you're right. is no, Pierre-Luc right. Dubois. I mean, it's just not, I don't even think it's close, to be honest with you, out of those three, right? But you're right. Danny Jilkin hasn't played at all in the NHL and it's just too early. It's only been a couple of years since the trade. I mean, so most trades, you can't really predict a winner when you're talking about, you know, Lion and Dubois, uh, you know, being, you know, what are they 25 years old, Dave, they were 2016 yeah. draft picks. So seven years ago, right. So they're 25 years old. So we're not going to know who really won this trade, you know, until 2025 or 2000, which is why right? we are not doing that until we actually guys were and this is uh, breaking news. We're doing a show in February of 2026 called who won the trade and it's going to be a, a live show and Izzy we're going to crown gonna... pierre luc dubois yes. live on air we're going to present him with with his like, montreal kit with his, no, his montreal canadians jersey yeah no yeah exactly he'll be in montreal at that point but no we're kidding but not kidding but um we're going to actually have <laughs> something made that's like similar to like when the million dollar man went to that jewelry shop in new york i think it was yeah. new york and he got that you know custom million dollar belt <laughs> we'll make him like a million dollar uh, crown but yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's going to be a fun discussion for many years to come. And I think it doesn't hurt that the Jets are doing, you know, much better second place in the Central versus the 31st in the NHL Columbus Blue Jackets. But right. Lionel's doing well, Roslevic's doing well, and obviously PLD's having a career year. So I yeah. think everybody's doing well. And I think people know in the chat are having fun with it, and they know we're, we're enjoying this chat because this is just all part of the the fun and the inanity that comes with coming on the Illegal Curve postgame show or the Illegal Curve Saturday show. But we don't want to piss off Bricktop, who says, who cares about the trade? So let's move on, Ezzy, and, and let's talk about the rest of the second period. Because, look, it wasn't as if with that goal, the game suddenly ended and suddenly trade, you know, the it was all, all Columbus. The Jets had a five-on-three. They didn't take advantage of the five-on-three, but the, the Jets still had a five-on-three, and we've talked about it. Like I said, you know, and, and it's been the focal point. And Brad Lauer, obviously, he's on the coaching IR. They've got Eric Dubois, our friend Daniel Fink, the play-by-play voice of the Moose actually pointed out that he said, well, look how much coaching uh, Moose coaching staff is currently in the building right now with, you know, Pascal Vincent on the Columbus bench, Eric Dubois up eye in the sky, Marty Johnston on the bench. So a lot of the Moose. And Where course, was Keith of- McCambridge, Dave? Keith McCambridge. Well, he's more of an ice cap than a Moose, but he was a Moose for the for the first season, for the inaugural season. That's a good point, as he, uh, I think he's, he was with Hartford, with the Wolfpack. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's still coaching in the I think NHL. he's still coaching with the yeah. Hartford Wolfpack. A really nice guy, actually, Keith McCambridge. But anyways, so... Um, yeah, so I mean, like it's and, and and of course, with all the moose players that have graduated and played, you know, for the Jets, and of course, Jack Roswick for them for the Blue Jackets. But, anyways, the point is the Jets had an opportunity, right? Five on three, and you can't. Scotty Arbillick, our friend from the Winnipeg Sun, said if the Jets lose this game, it's gonna be these five on threes, the inability to capitalize. And Rick Bonus has been asked about it. You can go and look in the in the pregame report or in the practice reports that are on a little site called illegalcurve.com because the focal point of the conversation has been the power play. And it's just, and again, to me, it's funny because Rick Bonus said it's too predictable. 
Well, it is too predictable. There's too much passing. And it's just, there's there's nobody in front of the net. They're not creating that screen. So I think there was, there was a lack of traffic, Dave, but I still think like they had the Blue Jackets on their heels for like, especially the, the number one unit. And I agree. Like, I, and I can't believe we're having this discussion in February, 2023 about Ehlers. Ehlers has got to be on the top power play unit. Yeah. I and I don't want to hear this left shot, right shot BS. Well, that's like, just so, just to be clear, that is the way Rick Bonus has framed it. He said, "Look, Rick." He says, "Shifley and Ehlers both want to be in the same spot. Can't both be in the same spot? Therefore, then find him a new spot." Like the the, the well, first of all, as, as, so go ahead, go ahead. No, we've talked about this before. Like you know, you have the first off the the best power plays in the NHL. You have guys switching positions as like power plays are fluid. It's not like you know ice hockey for the original Nintendo, where you know it's not like the old school two defensemen on the point and you know what I mean? Like yeah. we've talked about this so many times. Most teams don't have more than one defenseman on their power play. It's almost now weird to see two defensemen on a power play, right, Dave? Like, right. you know, five or six years ago, you wouldn't except, have hold on, except, as he, except for the Moose, who actually used three, Hainola, Gavanke, and Chisholm on a four-on-three. Well, and, and, and for the record, they scored, but anyways. Well, yeah, and obviously I'm being like tongue-in-cheek, right? Like, no, no, you're right, you're right. I'm just saying like... Most just, teams it, use four forwards, right? No, no, it's you're not at, five you're, forwards. You're absolutely right. I just thought it was funny because... Not only do most teams do that, but then the Moose did the opposite and use three defensemen. Right, and but when you have three right? defensemen who are that fluid, it makes sense. Right. So I I, I agree with what you're saying. There, there's got to be a little bit more traffic, but I also just think it wasn't going in. Like you talked about the five on three in the second period, and we'll you know we'll get into the next goal here in the third period. But yeah, um, you know Shifley's chance stands out to me. Morrissey crossed crossed like obviously you know Shifley and Connor are the two main guys on the top a power play unit that you're looking for. And Shifley yeah. had an incredible one-timer that Carpusella just stoned him. Right. And like, you would yeah. have thought that that, that puck goes in every time. So that, that chance stands out to me as a great a chance. And they're just there. It wasn't going in for them tonight. So I agree with you to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but the power play was buzzing, like puck possession, you know, movement, everything like that. But mm -hmm. there's no doubt that, you know, some of those just simple point shot tip goals, yeah. Um, you know, that aren't sexy and that aren't going to make the highlight reels. Those are the types of goals that the Jets were scoring, you know, back in, you know, early December, mid-December that they're just not scoring anymore. So I think they'll figure it out and they're going to have to figure it out because as we talked about, the road trip's only getting harder after this game. Well, and, and you know, the one thing I was going to say, the other the other point I would have made was one was it was overpassing. Two, I didn't like the lack of screen. And three, and maybe this is describing the power play more in the third period than the second period. It was slow. They just, especially because the first power play unit was was taking the lion's share of time, but they were slow. They weren't moving with any pace, and as a result, like Columbus was stopping them in the neutral zone. They weren't even getting into the into the Columbus end to really set up. I thought that was more towards the third as, but it's again, it's one of those situations where you're looking for the Jets to be able to do something a little bit different, and you know, it's one of those things, right? You are you going to keep throwing it out and hope that it works, and obviously that's what it, that's what they tried, and that's what. Didn't, didn't result in a goal. So it ends the first period, the second period, sorry. One all after 40 minutes. Uh, the Jets obviously took that last penalty for Dylan DeMello, but uh, it resulted in nothing. So that was how the second period ended and then heading to the third where... Just one, just one second here, just sticking with the power play. Yeah. And I know there's been a lot of, you know, talk in the IC chat here about this. You know, we talked about seven power plays. The Jets go one for seven tonight, but there's no reason in my opinion that Nikolai Ehlers should have two minutes and 11 seconds of power play time. And, you know, 
you, you see Connor at 657, Dubois at 653, Shifley at 655. You know, Perfetti was on the second unit as well. Like, you got to have Ehlers out there more on the power play. I don't, I don't read, know if read, it's every read, time. Read, read, read the quote. Read what I just put up from Phyllis. Ehlers right. is our seventy-eight percent clean entry guy, tops on the team, and he's sitting on the power and sitting on power right. plays. And, and come on, Phyllis like, is right Phyllis there. Is, Phyllis is exasperated right now. No, but Phyllis is one hundred percent right, not seventy-eight percent right. She's one hundred percent right. But it's not just the zone entries. He's just he's the the one of the fastest players and one of the most skilled players on the team. Period. Right. Full stop. So he's got to get more time there. And again, the Blue Jackets are a crappy team that the Jets aren't going to play again this year. So they're obviously going to flush this game and move on. But we're talking about, you know, the game against the Devils, the game against the Rangers. They've got the Islanders coming up. I, I think they have to make those adjustments. It just doesn't make any sense anymore why Ehlers is being restricted. Well, I mean, I, I no, I absolutely agree with you, As And so the, we moved to the third period. And it was, uh, again, a penalty-filled period. Sean Corrali, he takes a hooking penalty against Blake Wheeler, you know, just under two minutes in. Then uh, Gavin Bayreuther, he takes a delay of game. By the way, that was one of Wheeler's best games that I've seen in a while. I don't know if it was just me, but I thought he was really good tonight. He takes a lot of criticism and he's obviously having a good year, but I thought he was just on the whole game. Like he was noticeable both at even strength and on the power play. Well, and I, well, I wasn't going to give um, Wheeler credit on this play as I was going to give David Riddich credit because he saw from his end that puck was fired all the way. Your, your least favorite pa- penalty in the rule book as a delay of game was called, but uh, credit Riddich because he saw it coming from, from like a mile away or 200 feet away. And uh, the jets again, five on three, but nothing doing with that five on three. And then uh, of course the goon, Kyle Connor, he ends that early. He takes a hooking penalty. I mean, how many penalties does Kyle Connor have this year? It's, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that he's got as many as he does. And then this is the one that kills him, right? The Neil Pionk, Tripping penalty. I mean, look, it, here's here's one instance where Blake Wheeler made a bit of a mistake on the play, I thought. And then Pionk overhandles the puck. And it, it's the play that kills whenever you're watching a game and you're watching a team and you're thinking to yourself, you have control, you don't have any pressure, and then somehow you allow, you create pressure on yourself. And Neil Pionk does that without getting rid of the puck clean. And he loses the puck, forced to take a penalty, and now he's sitting in the box. And, you know, you, the, the momentum that you might have had is now gone because you're sitting in the box for tripping. And Sorry, what I happened? thought I was muted there, by the way. There was a little burp. Sorry, I got a little Diet Coke going here. A little Diet Coke burp or just a little burp? <laughs> anyway, well, anytime I have to burp, I make sure I'm muted, but I just look down and realize that hey, I wasn't muted. You're, so you're, I apologize, folks, for that burp. Ezzy, you're, you're a classy guy, and that's why, you, uh, that's why you bring that element to the show. But the point is, so... I didn't think Neil Pionk played a good game. I think that Neil Pionk is, I'm convinced that something is off about Neil Pionk. If you just watch him, he just doesn't seem to be skating the way he normally does. And I know you can also see it in his body language. Can you not? I, I, I honestly, I, there's he doesn't I, look I, like I, a guy who's necessarily, you know, having fun. It looks like to me. And and I might, I think he's I think he, well, I'm, not think he a, I'm not a guy that speculates with that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but Pionk is a guy that I know that's very well liked amongst his teammates and he's yeah, a guy that you know blocks shots he's physical he really it does it all so i'm with you uh you know i'm not sure what it is because i think everybody's speculating at this point uh well, but he's yeah. he's just not the same defenseman that he was forget about you know when he first came over from the rangers he's not the yeah. first, same defenseman that he was earlier in the season so no, i don't know I what they how they manage that um I, and again i'm not saying that they should trade neil pionk i think that's ridiculous they signed him to an extension right 
So I don't think that he's going anywhere, but it's just to me, you know, the, you know, the, the penalty it's the Kent Johnson's goal is not on the, the power play because it ended, but yeah. you know, just in general, we're not just talking about that play. I'm just talking about in general, his play, because I don't think he's, he's the worst player on the ice, but he's just not, he's just not the defenseman that we've been accustomed to watching. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and again, like I said, I, to me, it looks like there's just, he's just doesn't have that range of motion that we're used to seeing the level of physicality we're used to seeing. And you see it here and there, but it just, something just doesn't seem right. And again, like I said, you can only take these guys at their word that everything is fine, but, and look, guys don't want to come out of the lineup. Guys want to play, but I don't know. It just, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem-, seem that the break helped him. Right. Like the jets won their first couple of games after the break, Dave, but you yeah. thought with that long break, you know, if he was dealing with, you know, a groin injury, lower body, whatever he was dealing with, you would have thought that he'd come back refreshed and everything like that. But it doesn't appear to be that, you know, so far, but we'll have to see here. But, you know, you wonder if the, the right side, I've said that, you know, to you and I've said that on the show. To me, the right side is more of an issue to me than the left side. But oh, yeah. let's see what happens. No, there's no question about that. But and, and that's what we talk about in terms of depth and, and, and you know, when you're talking about augmenting. But we'll do that closer to March 3rd. Certainly not on the Illegal Curve post-game show, which is what we're doing right now as the, the Illegal Curve post-game show brought to you by our friends at Betway. We're still, it's amazing. It, was a, it, was, it wasn't a high-scoring game, as, but the recap is, 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 is taking a while because we, you know what? There were so many penalties, Ezzy, that we're, uh, we're dissecting each and every one. We're giving you every, we're giving you the minutia of every single penalty that was taken. I have place. that trademark, by the way. I do. I know. I, I, have I don't know if I came up with that before you, but no, no, like it's all yours. It. You have, you have, you have, you have, you get a $5 bill for that one. So look, I mean, you're right. And so right after the Neil Pionk, uh, 10 seconds, I think it was after the power play the ended for the Columbus blue jackets, Ken Johnson, who knows a thing or two about scoring big goals. I wouldn't call that necessarily a big goal, but it was what turned out to be a game winning goal. He takes the puck and Hey, here's a crazy notion. He shot the puck at the net. And it was a no-look shot. Like, I, I got to give him credit because David Rich was not expecting that shot. And that beats him, uh, beat him through, through. I think, just just a little in, in between the, the arm, the, the, sh- the, um, the, the arm and his, and, his, uh, and his shoulder pad. Not shoulder pad, sorry, his body. But, and, and he beats him clean. And, and, you know, people don't like the goal. And David Rich, I thought, played a pretty good game. We weren't sure, of course, with Connor Hellebuck going on the trip if he would be ready to go or not. And as you had said, you would thought that Riddish would have had this game regardless uh, whether Connor Hellebuck had played the Seattle game. I think the last time we spoke about this and yet he played a pretty good game, but it's just, it's an unfortunate goal. It's a goal you don't like. And you, but you got to give Ken Johnson credit because it took some thought process, right? He he knew that nobody was thinking he was shooting. He shoots and he scores. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it hits anybody. Originally, that's what I thought. And I thought a lot of, a lot of people might've thought that, but, yeah. you know, to me, what happens on this goal, because, you know, Kent Johnson had tried a, a shot right before that. And yeah. it was Dylan DeMello who came out and he was kind of, you know, dipsy doodling around Dylan DeMello. And then DeMello backed off and it was Cole Sillinger who was uh, tied up or not tied up, but it was DeMello and Sillinger at the faceoff circle. And to me, what happened there is Riddick just got screened. Yeah. Sillinger, you know, Sillinger's there and I've watched it a few times now. Um, because it's a long shot, but I don't know if he saw it. And it, and it kind of, his slow reaction time, I think yeah. makes sense there. Um, but anyways, that's what I saw originally on, on when I was watching that it maybe went off of a skate and changed direction, but then you watch the replay and I think Sillinger there 
and there's another player, another jet. It was DeMello, and I think there might have been another Blue Jacket there. I don't. I just think Riddick was screened and didn't see it. So it's a fluky goal, yep. but you know, the Blue Jackets were pressing on that power play. They were moving the puck pretty well. Uh, we talked about, you know, Goudreau, Lion A. Um, Kent Johnson's a really good player. Speaking of University of Michigan, I believe he went there, Dave, if I'm not mistaken. So you're right. fluky goal, but, you know, that's that's what happens sometimes. Like you said, sometimes you just put the puck on the net and the goalie screened and, and it goes in there. But that was clearly, you know, a massive goal for the Blue Jackets, even though you got the feeling that the Jets were going to come back and tie this game, which they came close. Shifley hit the post there late in the third period. Um, but give the Blue Jackets credit. I don't know if their fans want them to win any games, but, you know, they pulled out a, a big win against the team that's second in the Central, and, you know, they have four points against the Jets this year. So can't take anything away from CBJ. You cannot. And so that's how we'll almost conclude, because I'm not going to ask you to analyze an empty netter, Ezzy. We always laugh at Drew when he brings it up, and we're like, are you expecting us to analyze it? But anyway. I'll say Steve, one thing about Boone Jenner, because you know that I've... Well, first, first of all, it's the be- he's the got best the best... Hockey Best hockey name. I mean, he's you got name your kid Boone. Hockey. He's going to be a pro hockey player, a pro Boone football Jenner. player. Boone Jenner just sounds like he's ready to crush someone into the boards. I mean, that's just what it is. Exactly. And, you know, he's been doing that for – he's played his entire career with CBJ. He's a great player. That was a hard-working empty net goal. I yeah. forget who the Jet was that he was fighting off there. Then it looked like he might go to Lion A because Lion A tried uh, a few seconds earlier to score, and then it went back for an icing. But uh, Boone Jenner worked hard for that empty net goal. So, look, the Jets were pressing. They almost tied it up. And again, I think with this game, you flush it down the toilet and you move on because you're going to face a good Devils team on Sunday. Well, as Spencer just said, more like Boom Jenner. But in that instance, nice pass like by it, Patrick Spencey. Line, very unselfish. Was Spencey try. with us on on Valentine's Day? I feel like Spencey wasn't in the chat. Could be wrong um, about that though. I don't know. There was so much going. On. There was so much lo- I see love in the air that we. Spencer, uh, will you be my Valentine? Do you choose you choose him? That's the question, Ezzy. That is the question. Anyways, that is. The Betway Game Recap, which has been brought to you, not surprisingly, by our friends at Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Well, hopefully everyone in the chat is having a good night so far. You're listening to the Illegal Curve Post Game Show while we go to commercial break eventually. Um, I wanted to say to you, remember, if I've sent you a Facebook invite to like our uh, IC on Facebook, you should accept that invite and join us. You know, that that Dustin Bufflin thing, Ezzy, that we posted, it went viral. Lots of invites out there. So come join us on Facebook. Come to IllegalCurve.com. Go on our Illegal Curve Instagram. And you get follow points us. for the contest. That's what Dave's trying to say here. You follow get points us. for the contest. Well, people are going to be upset because I haven't even done the contest. I haven't done the unique word. I totally forgot. I meant to do it today. I haven't even done the unique word. I haven't even picked a winner for today. I'll see if I can do that during the break. Just Usually, go with Cannon. That's usually as usually Ezzy and I are chatting, but because I have two and a half minutes to, to do this, let's see if I can do it in two and a half minutes. Okay, boys and girls. So you stay tuned while we watch our fun commercials and we'll be right back after these words. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. 
Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. To the illegal curve post-game show, I am your host, David Manuk, or Dave Manuk, whichever you prefer. I don't. I'm fine with either. And I'm joined in my, not in my house, but with my boy, Ezzy Ginsberg. We're doing this wow. show without Drew Mandel, which as Kenny's water bottle says, makes it a top five show already. So that's good to know. And I've got some exciting news. You just finished watching the Illegal Curve commercials, which of course we have so much fun making for you all, but you just finished watching them. While I was traveling to Vegas 
sitting on that plane thinking, what can I do to make this show better? I thought, hey, I got some time. I'm going to put together the, the outtakes. And not only did I do the outtakes from the Grid Park commercial from this year, but I also did the outtakes from the Grid Park commercial from last year. So you guys are going to get a chance to watch the Grid Park outtakes on Saturday morning show, Ezzy. Is that what we decided? And we'll do it on Saturday it morning. Well, I can't do it now because I haven't uploaded them, but they're okay. on my phone. They're not on the no, on Let's the do it thing. Saturday. We'll do it on Saturday. I've been promising. Actually, I promised those like over a month ago, like a lot of things. But the reality is, I promise we will have them. They're cut. It's the montage that no one's asked for. Yeah. It's the montage that once I watched by accident and I thought, hey, that's kind of funny. Will anybody else laugh? Well, I laughed as he watched watched it and, and chuckled a few times. So hopefully that's enough for everyone. I still regret not coming for that last commercial because uh, that that might be our best commercial. We have a lot of good commercials. Love the Les Rikus commercials. Obviously, Rolly's transfer commercials. But those Grid Park commercials uh, are hilarious. You and Drew did a good job. But I still regret. I don't know what was going on. Probably I was getting yelled at by Naomi or my kids were having temper tantrums. Something no, like I that. Did. I forget. But I don't remember. Actually, I think it was just a late. Uh, decision by me to kind of let, let's do this now. So, anyways, no, no, no previews though. Kenny, this is called a teaser for a reason. You're gonna have to wait till Saturday, but you'll be joining us. We know Saturday morning at nine o'clock sharp. Eddie, we've got uh, Murat joining us from the and athletic. the O Dog, and we've the got O-Dog the O Dog Jeff O'Neill. When we had the 14th anniversary show, uh, the O Dog couldn't make it, but uh, was texting with him today, and he's going to join us on Saturday morning, unless. His truck gets stolen out of his driveway. Or he finds his stolen truck. Either either way, we'll be joined by Murat and yeah. Jeff O'Neill. So the last time I asked him about it, though, he still hadn't recovered his truck. But the thing that he was really upset about was his sticks were in there. His golf clubs oof, oof. were in the truck. So uh, whoever stole O-Dog's truck, if you're watching the show right now, please return it. <laughs> Let's hope you're not. But regardless, anyways, we appreciate everyone who is staying up with us. I Hey, I said Murat. Didn't I say Murat or did I say Murat? I usually say Marat, but Marat. Okay, if I said if yeah. I said Marat, if I said what did I say? Didn't I say Marat? I thought you said Marat, but so did I. But maybe I said Marat. Anyways, I usually say Marat, but anyway, sometimes I, I I made a conscious decision actually. Many one of the first times I met him because I knew noticed that people were mispronouncing it. But you it's know, a very maybe, unique name, right? Like I've is. never met someone with that name before. It's a it's a really cool name too, by the way. But yeah. yeah, I think you know it's commonly mispronounced Marat. Pro- yeah, Marat, yeah. but it's more Marat. All right. Well, now that we've gone through uh, the pronunciation of his name, how, how do you prefer your name to be pronounced? Isra. <laughs> Anywho. You know what's weird? A lot of what? people, just as a you know, quick aside, because you know sure. we like to go on tangents on the show, a lot of people will spell my name E-R-Z-A. And the funniest yeah. thing is sometimes Urza. I'll email someone with my email signature. Like I'm talking about Hockey Manitoba, right? Like I'll email yeah, someone yeah. and then they'll respond Urza. It's like, but you in my signature and when you got the email like when you see the subject line yeah it says ezra it's just weird so people my favorite misspell my name but most people know how to it's a pretty easy name to say my favorite mispronunciation of your name by far though is enzy <laughs> uh when people call you enzy, enzy I, instead of ezzy yeah. yeah i get a lot of izzy too instead yeah, of ezzy which i think yeah, yeah. is kind of weird because it's ezra not israel but it's all yeah. good Anyway, so we've uh, we've discussed the Jets game. We're not going to need to discuss that. The Jets lose three one to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So they're uh, they've started off the road trip on less than uh, ideal uh, in a less than ideal manner. Ezzy, uh, Izzy, whatever you however you pronounce your name, Enzy, whatever whatever it is at this point. 
But the point is that the Jets. Thank you, David. <laughs> the Jets. The Jets drop at three one. Uh, they pick up the twentieth loss of the season. Still have thirty five wins, so that's pretty good. And um, just the one overtime loss uh, on the record. And look, you you have a day off tomorrow. Then you have back to back games against the New York New Jersey Devils. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're off tomorrow. You practice on Saturday. You play the Devils on Sunday, and then you play the Rangers on Monday. So, I mean, they better have a pretty. And then the Islanders good. on Wednesday, right? And then the Islanders on Wednesday. Yeah. I, they can't like Drew's bachelor did. party all over again in 2011. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think what they'll do is they'll most likely take that Tuesday off as well. But the fact is that the jets are going to have to work on something called the power play. And I know that Rick bonus has been doing that. They don't have a lot of practices under their belt, but the reality is that they're going to have to work on the power play, maybe some new configurations. Maybe it's time to change some things up because it is stagnant. It is not working. You're, I, I mean, I don't know what their number is. I think it's like two for their last 25, maybe, maybe more in terms of the power play right now. So, so it's, it's hurting not, them. There's no doubt. Yeah. Like tonight is a prime example, right? And uh, yeah. another game that stands out, was it the Montreal game, Dave, before the all-star break, right? The Montreal mm, game, yeah. I, I they had four or five power plays and they went Oh, four. Yeah. Right? So there, but not just, you know, a few games here, it's been an issue, uh, you know, going back, you know, to January really prior to that, maybe even before the Christmas break. So yeah, they have to figure this out, but I think they'll be fine. I, I know there's a recency bias here, with this game going one for seven and, you know, having some issues on the power play, but I think they'll be fine against the devils. I, re- I really do think, you know, these goals are going to start going in for them. Well, and, and again, you know, the fact is they're healthy and did we, you know, just one of the notes that we should mention is that David Gustafson was skating with the team. He's been, he was with, we knew he was with the team, but he was skating with them today at, you know, it's an optional morning skate, but he was skating in a non-contact uniform. And of course that's going to lead to another decision that they're going to have to make. I mean, you know, it's funny, like, and I'm not knocking Sam Gagne, but was Sam Gagne in the lineup tonight? He was, Seriously. but he did not play that much. I want to like, go check it his, right now. I want to say he was, was around five minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was just... Four minutes I, and 52 I, seconds. Not bad. Yeah. That was a guess, by the way. Um, and for a guy who only really watched half of this game, uh, <laughs> because I have two young children who terrorize me, um, yeah, that's not surprising. But, I, I mean, look, it, I'm not... In a game in which you had that, well, many I'm not blaming plays. Sam Gagne. I'm not blaming. Well, I know Sam you're Gagne. not. I, I know I'm you're just not. Saying... But you're just saying, you know, Carson Kuhlman comes out for Sam Gagne, and Gagne yeah. didn't really have an impact. But I do think you know, a lot of that, as you know, ha- happens to do do with the power plays and the and the penalty kills, right? Absolutely, for because sure. Because the Jets had what five penalties or four penalties, five penalties, right? So you had twelve power plays in this game, yeah. and you know, even though Gagne does get some special teams work, you know, he he, I don't think he got any special teams time tonight, right? So. Right. I'm uh, just looking now. He did not. So the point is that you're going to have to make a decision, right? It's, you're going to have to make a decision because you're going to have to send someone down based on the fact that you're already at the 23-man roster. And you've got guys who obviously can be sent down who most likely aren't, even though, you know, who would not yeah. need waivers. And there's going to be a debate about that, but... Yeah, Look, I mean... I, 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 you know, if, if, I, I, you can't compare, you know, Sam Gagne with Carson Kuhlman, Saku Manalainen, because they're different players. And I know I know people like to say they're interchangeable and everything like that. Right. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I You know, I, I like Carson Kuhlman in the lineup. I'll, I've said that before, right? Like, I, right. whether it's on the third line or the fourth line, I like what he brings. And I know that, you know, he's not a guy that's going to score a lot of goals. But I just love, you know, he gives you an honest effort. You know, the guy, and, and he does some of the dirty work. And that's yeah. what you want from a fourth line, right? So I'm not saying that, you know, Sam Gagne, for example, doesn't give you a lot, but I don't think it's as easy as just saying, 
you know, oh, put Carl Carson Coleman on waivers. I think he gets claimed, by the way, Dave. Well, speaking of guys who get claimed or don't get claimed, when you talk about waivers, Ezzy, that leads us into... Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Now, Ezzy, I did a Manuk Moose hour the last time we did one of these shows, so I'm not going to go... I'm going to be try and be succinct. I'm not going to go too long, as. But we do have to talk about the Moose kicking off their eight-game homestand against the Iowa Wild, their division rival. And speaking of waivers, Axel Janssen-Fielbe, who was uh, put on waivers by the Jets on Tuesday, I believe. He passed through waivers and, of course, went unclaimed. We thought maybe Washington would take him, but they didn't and because they, they could, of course, assign him right to Hershey. They didn't. Neither did any of the other NHL teams. So as a result, Axel Janssen-Fielbe, he draws into the lineup. Jimmy Olney, the captain, he played his first action of the season uh, in Toronto, but he didn't play this game. And it's unusual because the Moose, remember, lost the game on Monday. But because it was a makeup game, it actually counted as a game from a month prior. So it actually doesn't count as part of this current streak. So the Moose won both their games this weekend in Grand Rapids. In fact, they had an overtime. It's still weird to me that they started a game in the second period, but continue. I know. I know it's true. And so the point, and believe me, it's not just weird to you. I was talking to the players during, uh, I went to the morning skate. They also said it was very weird. But the fact is, the Moose had an overtime loss to Milwaukee. They had two wins against Grand Rapids. So they're coming in on a streak despite this Toronto blip. And then, of course, they started with the Iowa Wild, their division rival, who they had some games in hand on, but were tied with in terms of points. And again, they get a little bump with Axel Janssen, Fielby. He was playing on a line with Cole Meyer and Evan Poli, and uh, things got looked like they were going to get started well for the Moose, similar to the Jets, came out flying, uh, had a goal, disallowed Nicholas Jones. It, it's always funny to me as when a guy gets a goal disallowed for goalie for interference on the goaltender but doesn't get a penalty because they don't think it's egregious enough. It's like, well, wait a second. If it's enough to call disallow it, how is it not enough to call it? It should almost penalty? be an automatic penalty, but obviously there's reasons why you can't do that, but I agree with you on that. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Regardless, the Moose didn't have the, they had the lead in shots. They didn't have the lead in goals. And then the uh, Iowa Wild, they did take the lead on uh, on a um, breakaway chance that they gave up. Terrible sh- cha- line change by the uh, Moose. And one of the things in the game that I asked Mark Morrison, the head coach of the Moose, after the game, I said, you got to clean up those breakaways because they probably gave up four or five breakaways. But the Moose are a resilient bunch, if we've seen anything with this club this year. And uh, sure enough, three minutes, uh, three goals in three minutes in the second period gave them a quick 3-1 lead. Christian Reichel over to Jansen Harkins for the first one. Then Ville Hainola, who had a great shift. He made uh, one real nice play, froze a guy, saw Harkins was breaking out of the zone, hit him with a breakaway pass. Jan Har- Jansen Harkins scored an absolute beauty of a goal to make it 2-1 for the Moose. And then the man we just talked about, the flow himself, Axel Janssen Fielby, he scores his first nice pass by alternate captain Cole Meyer. That made it 3-1 late in the second. The uh, Wild made it a little closer, scoring to make it 3-2. Probably a goal Arvid Holm wants back. But then early in the third period, Leon Gavanke, he scores his 12th on a nice assist from Declan Chisholm. Those two guys play extraordinarily well together. So Gavanke ripped a shot, very similar actually to the line A goal. Not quite as aggressive, but uh, but nice Ripped by Leon Gavanke, the 2017 fifth rounder from a nice pass from the 2018 fifth rounder, as And those two guys have, like I said, extraordinarily good chemistry together. So that gave the Moose a 4-2 lead, and that is how the game ended. So the Moose improved 25-16, 3-2, third win in a row, 3-0-1-0 in their last four games. 
puts them third in the division. And they're, uh, I think, one point up on Rockford, two points up on Iowa, who they'll play a rematch with tomorrow night in downtown Winnipeg. Six which is, back of, which you should mention it's Pride Night. It's Pride Night tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And they're awesome, six back. Awesome. Uh, initiative. Always awesome. Yeah. yeah, no. And I think it's benefiting the Rainbow Foundation, yeah. if I recall correctly. So uh, a lot of good things that will be done tomorrow at the game. Sure. You'll be able to, if you look above Ezzy's head right now, I'll be sitting where it says, uh, what does that say? Jets Leafs. So I'll be sitting right above, I think, that the E in Leafs or the S in Jets. I can't remember. Maybe the, actually the X. The X marks the Dave spot. Which is interesting because for the Jets games, as he we're on the other side of the uh, of the uh, press box, but for the Moose games, it's always weird to be on that other side because that's the side we, the side we're on now is the first couple of years we were there, but then we right. were moved over right. for like the, the next I don't know six or seven years, eight years, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. Kind of weird to be back on that side sometimes. It is weird. It is weird to be on that side, and I do by default tend to go to the far side, even though we are now sit on the north end side. So I should probably appreciate that a little bit more. But regardless, so they'll be back in action tomorrow. And uh, what was I going to say about the game? I was going to say something. I lost my train of thought. But uh, I, did, I will have to give Mark Morrison, the head coach, uh, some good some credit with his line. I said to him after the game, I said, what was it like having um, Drew McIntyre, the goalie coach, on the bench with you instead of Eric Dubois, who, as people know, are up with the Winnipeg Jets, or is up with the Winnipeg Jets? And he looked at me, smiled, laughed, and said, I'll take Eric. <laughs> And unfortunately, we didn't get the. Uh, Does the anybody call Drew McIntyre the Scottish psychopath? Uh, no. Why should we? The wrestler. Well, I could ask him. Drew McIntyre, former See, WWE champion, the See, Scottish the problem, psychopath. As soon as you say WWE, though, you end my era, right? Like I, I was, I was more just the the. Oh uh, no! Trust me, Dave. That old WWF logo. That I'm all about that. But you, you got to say WWE now. Because the yeah, World Wildlife Fund. Well, yeah, I know. Otherwise, we'll be sued by the World Wildlife Fund. But anyway, Federation, the, uh, whatever. Federation actually is what it is. Anywho, so the Leafs, the Leafs, the the Moose. I'm thinking the Leafs because above your head, but the Moose will uh, be back in action tomorrow night. Then they're back in action Sunday at six and Monday at two, which is insane, by the way. 17 hours between the start of games, let alone when the game ends and when it starts, and the next one begins. But we'll be at all of those games as in we're gonna have tickets to give away for all of these games. Actually, I've got tickets. Sorry, that cues in my brain. I got tickets tomorrow's game. I got tickets to Sunday's game. I got tickets to Monday's game. Well, I've given away two tickets to Sunday's game, but I've got tickets to fr- tomorrow's game. So if you want to be not with me in the press box, if you want to be in the crowd uh, watching the Moose and the Iowa Wild rematch, send me a message, Dave at Illegal Curve or IC Dave on Twitter, and you can be going to the game. And as we'll be remiss, and then we're going to get into the contest, and then we'll try and wrap this up because we're already over an hour. But we should also mention that the ice – uh, won yesterday. They I defeated. I think it was um, Swift Current five to three. And because they won, they punched their ticket to the playoffs, which is crazy because you know really it seems is. like still it's still far away. But I believe that was either their I think that was their fortieth. No, that was their forty first win of the season. So kudos to the Winnipeg Ice for being able to punch their ticket to the playoffs. And they actually are heading out. If you didn't get into that game, you won't see them for a while because they're heading out on the road for ten straight. Game 17 away. days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll be they'll be gone for a while and then they'll come back. Similar to the beginning be. of the season, right? When they were they were on the road for what was it, five weeks, six oh, weeks? Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. Anywho, so the point is that the uh lots lots doing with all the hockey clubs here in Winnipeg, including the Jets who lost tonight, and the Moose who are streaking, and the Ice who are streaking. So there's there's as he's and as he also, for the record, folks, is streaking. Whew. Okay, let's get into the contest quickly, Ezzy, and then we'll get we'll wrap up the show. Number one, I was able during the commercial break 
to pick a winner. So congratulations to Ruth Kazimer. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Out of BC, you are the winner of the Illegal Curve merch contest. Uh, so thank you very much for entering. If you want to enter the contest, just go to any of the links on IllegalCurve.com. You can enter. You can see it. We have a link here in the YouTube page that you can follow. And there's so many different ways to enter. You can just do one entry. You can do 50 entries. It doesn't make a difference. Obviously, you just give yourself more chances to win. So congratulations to Ruth on her win. And <laughs> as you're going to like the unique code word, because I just picked something quickly. I went with Wizzle Wazzle. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Because <laughs> I had That's no idea. Word. That's the best code so far. Yeah, I actually had no idea what to pick. I was like, I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm brain dead right now. Like, just think of something, think of something. And I was like, Wizzle Wazzle? And so I went with Wizzle Wazzle. Some would even argue I spelled Wazzle wrong, but I'm not going to argue with that. You so when you should have whizzled. It's, I did Wazzle when I should have whizzled, Desi. But W-I-Z-Z-L-E, W-A-Z-Z-L-E, Wizzle Wazzle. That is the unique code word i could guarantee you even if i would have selected that nobody was going to guess that word because that's just straight out of my mad brain as so those are the ways you're going to now enter that for the next contest line a is better that could have been at mall but i, I think i've used we have we used that one as i don't know if we've used that one for a unique code word. i don't think we have probably not maybe but regardless it's whizzle wazzle that's the beauty I do of the miss contest. line a though i'm with I, I i feel it i feel a lot of jets fans that haven't gotten over that but i do think how dominant Pierre-Luc Dubois has been for big chunks of the season. I think that yeah. has helped. But uh, yeah, as we talked about earlier, we're not going to get into that. Well, and as he, I would, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It might be a little bit much for me to try and find the, the unique code word, although it wasn't that long ago that you picked it. So give me two seconds to find it. And you're talking about the tough duck hardest hitting duck. comment. I've tough got it here in the chat, contest. so I've got it. I can read it if you want. If you can't find it, I'm gonna well, just give me two seconds. I just want. To, oh, it was from nine seventeen. Hmm, that might be too far. Okay, just read it. I'm not yeah, I've got it. it. We're gonna give it to. Hopefully, Brick Top is still in the chat here. But I was kind of teasing people by saying we're not going to talk about the trade because the comment from Brick Top was in caps lock. Who cares about the trade? The Jets have a good lineup, but they are not playing to their potential. Period. End of story. I think they played pretty well tonight, and I think they played pretty well against the Kraken. So I'm not as worried. I'm I'm a bit of a you know an optimist here, but uh, I, I think they're going to be fine. I'm not saying that they're going to you know sweep the New York based teams. Um, I guess New Jersey's not New York based, but they kind of are very close to Basically. New York, right? So I'm talking about the New York New Jersey teams here with the Rangers, Devils, and Islanders. I'm not saying that I'm that confident and cocky that the Jets are going to win all three of these games. Uh, but I think they're playing pretty well. And, you know, you got to give Corpus Al a lot of credit. And I think the puck's going to start going in a little bit better. But Bricktop, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com. you got to send me your mailing information so Tough Duck can ship out a toque to you. Or you can, of course, slide into my DMs at ICSEG. But regardless, if you email me or DM me, Tough Duck is going to ship out a toque to you directly. So congrats on winning the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. So there you go. We've got our contest handled, Desi. We want to, you know, thank everyone for joining us on your Thursday night. I think it is. It's going to be a long week. It's going to be a very long week. Of course, we had the Jets game on Wednesday. No, Tuesday. We had a, I had a moose game last night. We had a Jets game tonight. I have a moose game tomorrow. Saturday, Desi. We got the Saturday morning show, nine o'clock. Murat, Atesh, and Jeff O'Neill will be joining us. Then we have Saturday night free. Then Sunday. We have the Moose playing at 6 o'clock, the Jets playing at 6 o'clock. Then Monday, 
We have the Moose playing at two o'clock, and then we have the Jets playing at six o'clock. I just then, in my mind, Dave. You know, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. I just saw the, I just saw the Spider Man gif of like Spider Man, the two Spider Man pointing at each other. That's yeah. you when there's a Jets and Moose game at six o'clock. That's you, oh, the Spider Man gif. Well, all I know is, folks, there may there's a very good chance Sunday night I might be doing the post game show from the uh, from Canada Life Center because from Center Ice, it's from Center Ice. But I don't know how else I'm going to do it because, and I'm hoping one of the I'm hoping the Jets game starts a little later and the Moose game gets going quickly so I can still do Moose Media and then come up and do the Jets post game show. But uh, you need I to clone yourself. I mean, let's be honest here. It's time. Just clone it, yourself. It may be time. It may be time. I might I might be entering into that realm. But uh, maybe maybe I don't need to clone myself. Regardless, like I said, you'll uh, you'll get a chance to spend all of this weekend, and then Ezzy will have a little break on Tuesday, and then Jets Islanders Wednesday, and then you know we have a break for like a minute, and then we start up again. Dear Gulag, and it's going to be almost the trade deadline. It's coming up a couple exactly. of weeks. Exactly. We're going to have lots to talk about. So remember, folks, we. We thank you for joining us, for spending your evenings with us, your Saturday mornings with us, coming to the website, illegalcurve.com and doing all that great stuff. Make sure you smash the like button before you head out for the rest of the night. Before, Make sure, if you can, I'm seeing people, it's funny, I haven't even really been stressing it, but I see, I just went and checked the podcast and people have been leaving comments on the podcast. That warms my my dark heart. If you can, accept my your invite, please. Heart. Accept my invite, you know, to my. it's not a friendship invite because I don't really use Facebook, but it's a friendship to the illegal curve page that helps us if you can follow that and then share our stuff on Facebook. And that of course gets the word of illegal curve out helps spread the word of illegal curve. Now, as you know, we're going long when frosty Winnipeg already posted the, the shout out to our sponsors. And I, I mean, that was, that was like, look at that. That was already four minutes ago. Fine. It was one minute ago, but it was a while ago. So I'm going to put that up there and I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors because without them, we don't have a show. So a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. They are Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza. Secret. Went there for dinner tonight with the family, by the way. Oh, we'll get into that in a second. That, that sounds like we got another 10 minutes of the show. Raleigh, Raleigh's, Raleigh's Transfer, Grid Park. Support these fine businesses because of their continued... Oh, hold on. And the Did keg. I, the, I didn't say the keg. Nope. Didn't say the keg and the keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of a legal curve. I will see you tonight though, Dave, but uh, yeah, I went to Boston pizza, had my, what I get all the time, pierogi pizza. It's my favorite. Okay. Um, And it was good. The kids actually didn't make that much of a mess. They're getting better. They're growing up. All right. Well, uh, yeah, fine. It was a fine evening at Boston pizza. As he watched the first five minutes of the Jets game. Desi, it's not, it's not too, it's not too long before you're the one who's making the mess and the kids are the one who are cleaning, cleaning up after you. It's true. Well, we thank you very much for joining us on this Thursday evening. This has been the Illegal Curve post game show. I am Dave Manuke. He is Ezra Ginsberg, and we hope you enjoyed our broadcast and we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.